when I was coming back from California, you know, they let you use your phone now on the on the airplane when you're on the ground at least to to make phone calls. And so um so when we'd land at each place, you know, as I went from Monterey over to Phoenix, I got to Phoenix and say I made it to Phoenix, you know. And now we're getting ready to take off, so I should be in I should be in MCO at uh, Orlando uh, at this time. And so she went to the airport to pick me up. And um, so then I got at the airport. We landed. They said, okay, you can use your electronics. And so I turned on my phone and I called her before we'd even gotten to the gate. And I said, hey, we landed. We're in Orlando. I should be just a few minutes and so she's expecting that I'll walk walk through the through the doors there. My daughter just now is expecting a baby. And we get this this definition of expecting, expecting. What are we expecting? I want to think about John chapter eleven a little bit here for a moment. John chapter eleven Jesus is there with Mary and Martha and they've walked to the tomb and they're standing at the tomb. Think about what is going through the minds of all those standing around when Jesus said, take away the stone. What? Take away the stone? So they did. What were they expecting? What did they expect would happen when Jesus said, roll away that stone? Something was going to happen. You don't (laughs) uncover the tomb of a dead person and not expect something. They evidently expected something. And And then take a look. In verse 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and notice what Jesus says in verse 41. Father, I thank you that you, what's the tense there? What tense is it? Past, present, or future? It's which? Past tense. Did you notice that? That's a little weird, isn't it? Because all they've done is rolled away the stone. There's still a dead guy (laughs) laying in the tomb. He's still dead. And yet Jesus says, I thank you that you have heard. Past tense. Have heard. Done deal already. In Jesus' mind, this is a completed project. That you have heard. Do you think Jesus expected God to do something? I think so. He really anticipated that God was going to do something amazing right then. 
It wasn't just simply because he was the son of God and he could make people come to life because he didn't depend on that. He was praying because he was showing, like us, a dependency on the Father, right? And he said, I thank you that you have heard. Jesus expected God to act. Some other Bible examples. David in Psalm 42, verse 11. Psalm 42, verse 11 David says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Let me ask you something. Is there some expectation in hope? Absolutely. When we hope for something, we would like to think that this thing is going to happen, that we can expect something to happen, that something good is coming, right? Otherwise, there's no hope. No hope if you don't think anything's going to happen, right? There's got to be something out there that you're looking forward to if you're going to hope. Hope in God, David said, for I shall yet praise him. Boy, now there's some hope because he's thinking about God doing this to the point where he says, I'm going to praise him in the future. I know it. That's, that's pretty serious. The help of my countenance and my God. I like the way the Living Bible, I don't like the way the Living Bible puts many things. I'll be honest with you. But I like this one. <laughs> in this one, he says, in, in Psalm 42, 11, it says, But, oh my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be upset. Expect God to act. I like it. For I know that I shall again have plenty of reason to praise him for all that he will do. Man, that's an attitude I want. How about you? God's going to act. I'm going to praise him for it. It's going to be beautiful. He is my help, David says. He is my God. That's beautiful stuff. And I think you're well familiar with John chapter 14 verses 1 through 3, right? You know those verses. You believe, think about believing, you believe in God, believe also in me, right? In my Father's house are many mansions. I go to do what? Prepare a place for you. Do we believe this? Do we believe this? And he says, if I go to prepare a place, I will what? I will Think about that for a minute. I might, I should, maybe. No, he says, I will come again, right? I will come again. Brothers and sisters, let me ask you, do you expect Jesus to come again? Sure we do. He promised it. We expect it, yes? He promised. We know his promises are sure, so we can have faith in what Jesus said. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10, it says, Paul is talking about all the troubles that he's had in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning with verse 8, he says, 
Man, we've had all kinds of troubles, all kinds of things have happened. We've been sentenced to death in verse 9. And we have begun to have to trust God because we can't trust in anybody or anything else. And then in verse 10, talking about God, he says, Who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us. So Paul says he has delivered us. He does deliver us now, but he goes one step further. He goes one step further. And he says in verse 10, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. There's trust there, isn't there? And in that trust, there's a measure of expectation that the God who has delivered us, who is delivering us, will continue to deliver us. God will continue to work in us as we trust in him. James, the book of James, James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, very familiar verses. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, right, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it shall be or will be given. Hmm. It will be. It will be given. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith. We have to have faith that God will answer because the rest of it says, ah, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose... And maybe we could put the word expect in there, huh? Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he is double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. If we doubt God, we needn't expect an answer. But if we have faith, that implies expectation. We need to trust that God is doing stuff. We need to have faith that God is doing stuff. We need to believe Jesus' promises, yes? And we can be an expecting people, expecting God to show up. Now, I want to kind of clarify things here a little bit. When we talk about expectations, expectations are not demands. You will obey me. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about, okay? <laughs> we're not talking about reciprocity. You know, hey, I paid my dues and I expect my money's worth. And no, that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about faith, waiting on God. We're talking about belief. We're talking about trust. We're talking about confidence in a God who keeps his promises. Kind of like, kind of like our little children. When we say, I'll be home at four o'clock. Your, your kids look for you, right? <laughs> they look for you to be home at 4 o'clock. They trust, they have faith, they expect you to be there because you made that promise. Do we have a God who keeps his promises? Frankly, way better than I do as a daddy, right? Because on my way home, I could get a flat tire and 4 o'clock ain't happening. You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> but we have a God 
who keeps his promises without fail, yes? This is God we can count on. We can add confidence in this God. There is a part for you and I to play. If we're going to pray, if we're going to approach God, there's a part for us to play as well, though, isn't there? In fact, there are at least six things that are our part. Conditions for answered prayer. Let's take a look at some of those. First, Isaiah 44 verse 3 says, I will pour water upon him who is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. Brothers and sisters, if we're going to come to God, we need to come to him knowing our own needs. So our first condition is, is that we have to acknowledge our need. We have needs. We have to come to God, not telling him what he's going to do, but asking him to do things for us that we need. We're not self-sufficient. We're not the be-all and end-all. We're not the answer to everything. When we come to God, we need to do it humbly. Understanding our needs. That's number one. We have to feel our needs. Jesus talked about those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, right? Number two. Number two. The Lord is to be sought unto for these things. If we're going to have God listen to us, we've got to ask. We've just plain got to ask. If we look at Matthew 7, 7, it says, Ask, and it shall be given you, right? We ask not, and so we have not, <laughs> right? <laughs> Too often, we don't ask God for the things that we ought to be asking Him for. We don't spend that kind of time with God. We don't want to come into His presence and spend enough time to even know perhaps what we ought to ask for. And so we don't ask and we don't receive. So the first one, we have to feel our need. We have to be, we have to be aware of our position with God. We need Him. And then we have to ask. We have to petition. We have to come into His presence, right? Number three, Number three, obedience. Obedience. If God says, like we did for our children's uh, dedication, for our child dedication this morning, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the earth. If we aren't respectful, if we aren't doing what we ought to do, if we're not honoring God and his earthly representatives... Yeah, he's smiling. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> dads love that one. I'm not sure why dads love that verse. <laughs> we need to be respectful. We need to be obedient. God has told us what will minister to our lives. We talked in Sabbath school this morning a little bit about what can help us live a healthier life, yes? And so... If we want to live a healthy life and we want to 
get the results, we have to do what we're told. That's part of the deal. In Psalm 66, verse 18, if we regard iniquity in our hearts, we know the result. If we regard iniquity, the Lord will not hear us. It's simple. God cannot work with us as clearly. How many of us don't understand that principle when we go to a 150-year-old house and we turn on the tap and it's like almost no water comes out. And we wonder, what's wrong? It's not, it's not hard to figure out, is it? The pipes are old, they're clogged up, right? <laughs> when we allow the pipes to clog up with junk that doesn't belong there, the water doesn't flow. When we allow our hearts to be clogged up with things that don't belong there, God's blessings don't flow. It's very simple. It's very simple. Number one, we have to feel our need. Number two, we need to ask. Number three, obedience. Number four, we've already talked a little bit about faith. Faith. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, right? That's from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the faith chapter, right? <laughs> we have to have faith in God that he is going to answer, that he is there and that he will make a difference in our lives. Do we just pray just to pray? Is that what it's all about? Because it's required? Because it's part of the gig? Because, you know, religious people pray? Or do we actually expect something to happen? We don't want to be like the man who says, Oh, I've prayed and prayed and I do not receive. And he went to his companion and his companion said, Let's kneel down. Let's pray together and claim God's promises. So they bowed in prayer. But when they rose from their knees, the man says, I don't feel any different. And I didn't expect that I should. Hmm. Yes. And so, sometimes we present ourselves before God without expecting Him to do something. Without faith that He will. Mm. In fact, there are people who would be really surprised if God did something. That's not where we want to be. We want to be there waiting for God's answer, yes? That's where we want to be. Number one, we have to feel our need. Number two, we have to ask. Number three, obedience. Number four, faith. Number five, forgiveness. Number five is Forgiveness, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12 says, Forgive us our debts, what? As we forgive others, right? And so, if we are not going to forgive our debtors, why do we expect God to forgive us? If we are going to ask God for blessings, we need a loving and forgiving attitude in our own hearts, don't we? We need that in our own hearts, absolutely. 
So we need to feel our need. We need to ask. We need to be obedient. We need to have faith. We need to have forgiveness. And then we can't give up. We need perseverance. Perseverance in prayer has also been made a condition of receiving Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same. Note the next words there. We're going to continue in prayer. We're asking God to do something. We're asking God to bless. And Paul tells us continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Yes, with thanksgiving. Isn't that what Jesus did? In John 11, I thank you, Father, that you have heard me. And Paul comes back to that same point. We have prayed. Do we believe that God is a prayer-hearing God? That he's a prayer-answering God? Do we expect something to happen when we pray? Then we should pray with thanksgiving. And maybe in that perseverance, the answer won't come like you, like you expected it to. But God's help may not be that help that we wanted, but it will definitely be the help that we need. Yes. Yes. How many times have you prayed for some blessing and God didn't give it? And maybe... The blessing you were receiving was the gift of patience. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe God was giving you the gift of patience. And so we need to recognize that God is a prayer answering God. We're not always a recognizer of those answers, though. <laughs> Sometimes we don't even appreciate those answers. And so Paul's admonition here is doubly applicable that we need to continue in prayer with thanksgiving. Absolutely. We have an evangelistic series coming up here shortly. We will be doing several things to get ready for this. And yet, when we come up to the actual series... What do we expect? What do we expect? <sighs> Business as usual. Nothing going to change. Sorry, did I make you do that? <laughs> Is that what we expect? Just same old, same old? Or do we expect God to act because he's the king of the universe? Is that what we want? What is our goal? Where are we going with this? Would we be surprised if 50 people came into this church? That's kind of scary, isn't it? That we would be surprised that God is capable of so much. Wow, God, I didn't know you had it in you. That's kind of scary, isn't it? Would we even be happy? Well, I like the church better before all these people came in. Is that what we'd be tempted to say? What do we expect? 
we did our part and God didn't show up. Is that what we think? What do we expect? Sorry to make this so real. It was cool when we were talking about Bible characters, wasn't it? Because that's a little more remote. But when we put it to us today, now it, now, it has, now, it, now it has a little bit of a rub there, doesn't it? What do we expect? Let's think about it. If we pray just now, <laughs> if we pray just now that God does something mighty in Lakeland, are we serious about it? Would we be surprised if God showed up? What do we expect? Do we want to see him show up? Are we praying one thing but really hoping something else? What do we expect? What do we want out of God? Man, you know, it got really quiet in here. Did you notice? <laughs> what? do we expect God to do? Do we want God to make a difference in lives out there? Do we want 50 people invading our church? <laughs> what do we want? What do we expect? How much do we love? How much do we trust God? How much do we have faith? How much do we really wait on God? Do we have the guts to thank God now for the influx of people to come in? Serious? Ooh, I might take you up on that. Look on page five of your bulletin. Page five of your bulletin. We'll see what kind of warriors you are. Page five of your bulletin right at the bottom there. It says prayer group. Sounds pretty innocuous, doesn't it? <laughs> prayer group. God is calling us to seek him in prayer. Can you, by the way, can you tell I went to a prayer conference this past weekend? Just saying. <laughs> God is calling us to seek him in prayer. Would you be interested in being part of a prayer group that will be active for a couple of months? I'm talking about just until we have our evangelistic series. I'm looking for prayer warriors. I'm looking for people who will come to God in faith, who will come to God trusting him, who will come to God expecting him to act, and who will be so bold as to thank him ahead of time. Please fill it out, the portion below, the below, fill it out below there and give it to Pastor Ron. Put your name, put a phone number or email or some way I can get in touch with you there. Tell me what day would be good for you to meet or what days and what time of day. Maybe you're more the morning person. Maybe you're the afternoon person. Maybe you're the two in the morning person. Man, I hope not. Oh, but <laughs> no. But whatever's good with you, put something in there, tear that bad boy out, and then hand it to me as you go out the door. 
I'll try and gather together people who are all about the same time. And maybe we'll find a group that can come here and meet, or maybe you'll meet on the phone, or however we can make this work out. But I need prayer warriors, brothers and sisters, people who are praying for our evangelism in this church, people who are praying for our people that will be taking care of making it happen behind the scenes. People who will pray for those who are out there on the front lines, teaching classes, meeting people, talking about Jesus to our community, and people who will pray for Lakeland. That's what we need. We need people who really believe God is in love with people. Seems like I remember a verse about like that. Don't you? Something about God loving. What was it he loved? God so loved something. Oh, the world. God so loved the world that he hoped they wouldn't come when they had an evangelistic meeting. What? God so loved the world that he gave His only son, right? Brothers and sisters, let's love like God loves. Or why are we called Christian? We need to love like that. Giving of ourselves, right? That's what this is all about. I'm glad to hear a paper's tearing. That's awesome sound. That's a good sound. Because people are busy filling this out. Because we need to be praying for God to make a difference in lives out there. Because frankly, if God hadn't made a difference in somebody's life back when I was a kid, I wouldn't be here. How about you? See, God's got to make a difference in lives or none of us would be here. Or are we here because we're good? Yeah, probably not, huh? It's God that has to make that difference. Let's ask. Let's realize our need. We can't make that difference. Let's ask God. And so I'd like to take just a moment to pray, to ask God to make a difference and to pray for Lakeland. Let's bow our heads. Our Father and our God, we come to you as needy people. We come to you asking for your help. Father, we come to you obediently. And Father, we come to you in faith. We we look forward to your answer, Father. We come to you asking you to take away the bitterness in our own hearts. May we be forgiving. And Father, we want to lay plans just now to keep on asking, to persevere. Father, we want to ask for this city. Give us Lakeland. Give us this place. Give us these people here in this city that are destined to be called by your name because you have called. And may we be your voice. Father, may we turn to you 
for we recognize our inability to make any difference here. And if we do another evangelistic series in our own strength, it will be business as usual. But we can't stand that another day. We want to do it in God's strength. And Father, I thank you right now already for those who are stepping out in faith and will be praying these next couple of months before our evangelistic series. They are praying now. Thank you for that. Thank you for each one who will be helping out. And Father, thank you for everyone that will come here and find what a loving God you are. We're so blessed, Father, because you have not only called us to this work, but you've already told us that it will be successful as we call on your name. And so, Father, not because we're demanding, not because we've paid our dues, but because we know he is faithful who is promised. And so we expect good things. For we ask in Jesus' name.